What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rebunk. My name is Scott, coming at you live from Nashville, Tennessee, Music City. And I got a wonderful episode for you guys tonight, a solution-focused episode. Um, Hitting you hard this week. I got three episodes coming at you this week. I'm super excited about it. So uh, before we get too far into it, I just want to tell you how you can follow and support the show. Um, If you tuned in last night, I was telling you guys about this new project that I'm helping my buddy get off the ground. It's called Plunder World, all right? So check it out, plunderworld.com. Um, he's offering basically it's like old school, like baseball cards, basketball cards, right? Trading cards come in the little foil packs. They come in like boxes when you order a big box like that, but they're basically like true history cards. You know what I'm saying? Like Richard Grove style, like each card has like a little fun historical fact on it, but like the stuff that you don't really, they're, they don't want you to know about. Like if you go to his, uh, Instagram as well plunder world cards is on his instagram give him a follow uh and he's posting like little snapshots like here's here's card numbers 57 is about inqtel right founded by founded in 1999 inqtel is a venture capital is the venture capital arm of the cia it furthers innovation by combining the security savvy and i can't it's too small for me to read on my big screen there but anyway you know what i'm saying like so go check it out uh you can see little samples of the plunder world cards um, and then like, here's a list of all the ones like, uh, op- number one operation Northwoods, right? You got John Brennan, fluoride, aspartame, Prescott Bush. Like I'm looking at, like, I know what a lot of these are, but I'm like, God, I don't even know what a lot of these are. Like, uh, Johan Jacob Lang. I don't know who that is. Uh, oh, the Flexner, the Flexner report, right? That, that there's that Martine Rothblatt. Do you guys know who Martine Rothblatt is that, uh, trans gender transhumanist lady? Like that is some crazy shit go go youtube martin rothblatt listen to some of those speeches but anyway you know what i'm saying like this is awesome like it's a cool project um he's looking to get a hundred people claiming boxes before the first edition goes into print so please go sign up for that at plunderworld.com and i forgot to mention this last night but if you tell them that you saw this on my show uh, on rebunk then you get three free foil packs so he's going to send you free stuff just by mentioning that you saw it here on the show so plunderworld.com to learn more and then also follow him on instagram plunderworld cards so cool stuff and uh awesome so next up just uh the wellness company twc.health go get your wellness supplies there spike support formula of course is your uh uh get rid of all the spike proteins and all that nonsense just tell just use rebunk news as the code uh, truthtrs.com is the heavy metal detox. Just go to truthtrs.com, advanced TRS, heavy metal detox t shirts over at the t shirt shop, rebunk.news forward slash shirts. That's where you get all of your dang old shirts for super cheap $16 shirt, a $30 hoodie, women's shirts, hats, stickers, the whole, whole shebang. Um, following the show, uh, a few different ways to do that. I would suggest going over to rebunk.substack.com. That that's kind of like my newsletter that sh- I shoot out whenever I'm about to go live. Any announcements with the show, like here's today's show with uh, Jessica, who's waiting patiently in the back here. Um, but make sure you're signed up at rebunk.substack.com so you get notifications about any new shows coming out. Um, and then also there is an option to do like a $5 a month subscription if you want to help support the show that way. That's a huge, huge help. And I appreciate those of you that are supporting the show via the monthly subscriptions. Um, all other links to the show are over at rebunk.news. That's just the landing page. You know, you'll see the sub stack there at the top, the affiliate links there, along with any other links for value for value contributions, social media, and all the video and audio podcast platforms. So there you go. That's the spiel. That's the rundown. Thank you all so much for your patience with that, as always, as always. But uh, without further ado, I would like to bring in my guest today, uh, Jessica Arno, the combat midwife. You've probably seen her around. Uh, She's just crushing on uh, Instagram and around the world, helping people, um, you know, through the military, uh, outside of that, like, like, well, well, I'm going to give it to you, Jessica. Tell me a little bit about what it is that you're out there doing. Hi, Scott. Thank you so much for having me on your show today. Of course. Uh, I help families and medical professionals learn how to take care of moms and babies and families in a more holistic and respectful approach. Um, We're living in a world that's a little bit crazy, 
in when it comes to medical and healthcare. And our healthcare system has been broken for quite some time, as you know. And so as a midwife and a paramedic who's delivered a lot of babies in a lot of different environments, including an Afghan refugee camp, I love to be able to help families and medical professionals learn how to do this in an honorable way. There you go. Honorable way. And, and, you know, you're so right. Like it's so crazy how like the lockdown era, kind of what I like to call it, the lockdowns, the COVID yeah. situation kind of just brought about just so much awareness to the public about the, the, the broken medical system. Right. You know, and, and it, right. for me, for me, you know, I knew about a lot of this stuff. I knew about the freaking the Rockefellers and the Bill Gates and all that right. stuff. And like the new world order, like I knew all that stuff, like leading into COVID. And that's kind of what gave me the discernment to kind of understand what was going on from day one. But at the same right. time, like I still had no idea to be honest with you. I didn't even like, it was post COVID when I start when we started podcasting, it was like April, mm-hmm. May, 2020 is when we started buying the podcast equipment and started putting mm-hmm. like, our episode together. Right. <laughs> and one of the guys I was doing the show with him and his uh, child's mother had been involved in the vaccine risk awareness movement for years. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so he was right. telling me, and so we were all like already on day one, like, Oh, this is ultimately going to be a vac. There's going to be a COVID vaccine and they're going to try and force us all to take it. Right. So from day one, we're like, no, no, no mandatory mm-hmm. vaccines like, way before that was even a thing. Right. But, but it was interesting because like in my mind, I swear to God, like I could literally like have a conversation with somebody about like hollow earth and aliens and all this stuff. But in my <laughs> mind, I was like, I was like, yeah, but vaccines like childhood vaccines, like, isn't kind of the science settled on that? Like I was like, still like over there, like, I mean, come on, that seems a little crazy, right? Like that's a little too much. And so he's like, Oh no, 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 no. And mm-hmm. I'm just so grateful because he gave me so many resources and so many things to look into. And I've just like, I just, couldn't even believe it. So I even still was one of those people that it took COVID. It took the whole situation for me to wake up to the evils of like the, the Western medical establishment. And I say evil because it really truly is. So agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what was your kind of transition from that? Like I know it said you're, you're, you're an EMS paramedic, yeah. you know, did you work in a traditional, like, did you work a traditional job, traditional roles? Did you, did oh, you yeah. kind of just buy into that? And then what was your transition like towards waking up? And then what was your transition out to what you're doing now? Oh, gosh. Okay. So I was a homeschooled kid. Okay. Um, <laughs> and okay. the type of homeschooled kid where you kind of made your own curriculum. So I, I, I was the weird kid that was reading up on a whole bunch of cool medical stuff in, you know, in the library. I, I think I just, I'm pretty sure my parents got frustrated with me asking so many questions that they didn't have answers to that they just would drop me off at the library and go I don't know figure it out so um that was kind of my mindset of I was always taught to think outside the box to question things to to figure out what the solutions are to stuff and I think that's pretty standard for most homeschooled kids is we we tend to kind of be we're able to navigate the world a little bit bit better because we are able to say, hey, A and B doesn't equal C. Like it's it doesn't add up well. So I was always questioning things. Um, but like most of us in, in our generation, we were also society was also telling us, you know, go to school, get a job, you're supposed to work there, then you get married, then you get a family, and you get all these things. And that just wasn't happening quite the way I thought it was supposed to. And then 2007, 2008 kind of happened. Um, I was already working for the military. I was already teaching all of their combat medics and and flight medics at that time. And so I was kind of, I was getting waterboarded with the the military and the government Kool-Aid. Yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't adding up. Right. Mm-hmm. So my homeschool brain was like, mm, I don't know about all this. Um, and so I kept, you know, being on the inside, being on the inside with the government, I was able to go, no, like everything here is not right and it's not working. And the Tea Party movement was really starting to kind of kick off about mm-hmm. that time. And then we have, you know, the crash, um, <laughs> the facilitated yeah. money issue that took place. and. So I really started to question, and I just remember taking a deep dive into, okay, I, I don't think that 
9-11 happened the way it happened. I don't sure. think this stuff is working because I had those seeds planted in a, in a home environment that I grew up in. You know, we weren't, I was the only child that was fully vaccinated. Um, I have injuries from those. And then my mom just started to make, make you know, qu question all of that and say, no, we're not doing this, right? Um, and we were homeschooled and I, it's my mom was making meals from scratch. And I know that was pretty popular back in the 80s and 90s, but it wasn't at the same time, right? So things, things I was had those seeds kind of already planted in my brain, but I moved along the way society had taught me to kind of move along. And so then I started to not see things add up and I just started questioning those things. I love medicine. I love being able to take care of people. I think there's a lot of really awesome things that can be done. You know, if I was going to get in a car accident and my arm was hanging on by some tendons, I would want to be in the United States because our sure. trauma is badass. Mm -hmm. And I do truly mean that. And it's only amazing because we have the military to thank. We, we practiced mm -hmm. on young, uh, healthy males and, and we, a lot of them didn't make it. So, so we in the civilian world can, so I have a lot of reverence for that, but at the same time, um, making a cookie cutter situation in the medical field, it's just not appropriate and it's not, it's not good healthcare. Um, People are not carbon copies of each other. Uh, they're their own individual ecosystem. They're their own individual microbiome. And so I can't just put everything on the table and treat all patients one way. Um, so so that's kind of kind of how I got towards this way. Uh, the other thing that took place when I was super young is I was able to watch my mom give birth to my sister. And that was very traumatic. And I, I watched that whole process with my younger siblings and I was able to say, okay, this, I never want this to happen. I always knew I was going to deliver babies. You can call my mom right now. And she'd be like, Jessica told me when she was three, she was going to grow up and deliver babies. I always knew that that was my calling. I always knew that that was the path that God wanted me to take. And it, I, I feel the heaviness that is involved with that. I feel the reverence that I need to have in order to take on that. So it's a big job to make mm -hmm. sure that that families transition from being a couple, right, or an individual woman to becoming a mother. That's that's a huge change in someone's life. So I take that very seriously. But mm -hmm. watching my mom give birth and what they did to her in that situation, she was having a vaginal birth after cesarean. Some people call it a, a VBAC. And mm. that was really traumatic. They did some really not good things because it was standard medicine in the 90s that was just very dangerous um, and caused her to have um, a rupture and so just a lot of hemorrhaging um, they had to revive her like she crashed it was a big it was a big thing and so in my heart of hearts i remember standing there in the hallway you know holding my little brother's sister not knowing if my mom was going to make it going this will never happen again on my watch i will never let this happen again so I just dedicated my life to becoming a medical provider that that my children could look at and go, I respect her, right? I had to be yeah. able to look at myself in the mirror and say, I'm doing the right thing. And I don't think our medical system can say that. I don't think our medical system can look itself in the mirror and say, we're doing the right thing for people. We're doing wow. the right thing for, for companies but we're not doing the right thing for people. And so I choose not to be a part of that system. And I have chosen to create a new system for families and a new system for providers to be able to, to get the right training. Well, that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. I mean, that's what we're all about is creating the parallel system, right? Parallel right. systems, because we don't, you know, we, we, we can just spend all our energy fighting and protesting the old system, but we don't need to do that. We just need to build our no. own and exit out. That's what the whole solution yes. is. For sure. Yeah. You, you can't go to McDonald's and ask for a steak. They don't sell that there. <laughs> exactly. And so when women are complaining about a, being abused, yet they go back to their abuser, I don't know how to work with that. I don't know how to help people with that. Um, and so I just choose not to play in that sandbox. And I choose to be in a completely different arena. Okay, great. Well, tell us a little bit more. Like, what 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 are your classes like? Like, what 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 are your uh, what what are some of these new strategies that you're bringing to like providers? Right. So, I'm teaching um, 
of a wide variety of individuals. So I still work with the military a ton and, and that's been really awesome and beneficial because it helps gentlemen and, and ladies too that happen to be in the medical sphere um, know how to operate in, in not so great situations. If you remember Afghanistan, when it fell, they were throwing babies over Constantine wire. Um, I was getting sat phone calls from guys I had trained years before that were saying, we, what do, how do we feed an infant? Mm. What do we have in our bag? You know, so things like that, but um, helping the everyday um, family, it, it can be look like a lot of different things. So it can look like me coming and teaching an organization of, of preppers or a community on how to be prepared for gynecological, obstetric, neonatal and pediatric emergencies. I love prepping, but if you look at the prepping community, it's really dude focused, which is great. I love you guys. I think you men are amazing and, and you, you guys are wonderful at providing and protecting, but sometimes you guys forget about us. So what are you going to do in a grid down situation where you can't get to um, facilities that might be able to help you. Are you? Do you know how to deliver a baby? Do you know what to do if there was a tornado, a flood? Uh, where? How are you going to take care of your ladies? Um, if we really were dealing with the worst case scenario, you know, EMP, China takes over. I don't know what's coming, right? We know one does. But are, do you know how to protect your wife and your daughters? If, if there was a, a a rape, if there, how do you do you know how to prevent those things? Do you know what to do if they become pregnant and you have no resources? Um, so th those are that's what I do for people is I help them navigate that in in my class realm. And then I have families that truly just want to have a, a home birth, um, and I may travel and help them out with that, or I may be in kind of the background and help them facilitate a free birth or an unassisted birth depends on what kind of verbiage you want to use but daddy and mommy can catch a baby they made that kid mm -hmm. they can get that kid out they don't need yeah. they don't necessarily need medical people to be there um and so there are lots of different options i've also been helping families you know with all the things that went on with like baby cyrus in idaho and um, the interesting things that went on with other CPS families that where kids have been taken away because they've chosen different things. Get out of the system. Stop going to the doctors to get vaccines or fight doctors and say, I don't want those things. Just get out of that. So let me do your well baby visits. Okay. That's amazing. Well, the whole thing <laughs> you were talking about, about prepping and uh, preparedness, like I, that's too interesting not to, not to touch on here real quick. So, so, so what would you... What would you suggest? Cause like, you know, like kind of the, the, the basics when it comes to prepping is like ammo, food, you know, sure. water, all that stuff. But like, in terms of sure. like, you know, protecting the women, let's say you do have a, a, a pregnant wife or mm -hmm. um, let's say you have small children. Like what are some of these things that we need to be stockpiling or like, you know, mentally preparing for? What are some of those? Aspects? Yeah. So things like urinary tract infection uh, medications, but I like to focus on teaching people how to stay out of of the medical world in its entirety. So there are tons of different herbs, homeopathic remedies, natural remedies that you can stockpile now that can stay on the shelf. You can make them yourself. Um, I have no problem teaching people how to do those and sharing my recipes. You can make all of these things at home, but things like bacterial vaginosis, you know, when you don't, when, when there's no water in the house, it's really hard for hygiene. That means it's a really great breeding ground for, ground for things like UTIs, bacterial vaginosis, yeast infections. Um, those can be really big problems. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to know how to take care of those things. It's not a big problem right now. It's an inconvenience. Like nobody's like, yay, yeast infection. But it's uncomfortable and a problem when you don't have Walgreens available right? When you can't yeah. get there. And so that can be an issue because that can become systemic. And now you've got sepsis setting in and that's a really big issue that that can kill someone. And so if we know how to take care of these things at home, that's great. Other things is just being prepared for some really basic equipment. Um, shameless plug here, but you know, I sell a combat midwife OB kit that you can purchase and be prepared for and have all the equipment I, I whittled it down to the, the least amount of things that would be the most helpful and almost everything serves a double purpose in that kit in order to do things. Um, you could even use that to deliver 
Uh, there you go. There it is. Uh, deliver a couple puppies if you needed to. So um, you've got everything in there to be able to take care of your family. Cool. And and be ready um, should you fall into that situation. And then my goal is to just create some a gynecological kit and a pediatric kit. So you can just have these things ready for you and it would have everything that you need. Um, otherwise, I'll come teach you a class. Make Beautiful. Wow, that's amazing. I love all that. Okay. Yikes. Yeah. I mean, but what was, let's say like, let's say there's a, somebody who's pregnant in this situation, uh, like a mm -hmm. grid down, you know, uh, total like infrastructure collapse type situation. Like what are some of the preparedness things that, uh, we would need to be worried about then? Um, so we've been having babies on this planet for however long you believe that, you know, we've been on this planet. Sure. Um, Great I mean, way to put I it. Believe yeah, that's since hilarious. Creation, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and Jesus was born in a cave. So most of the time, babies come out like butter in a frying pan, pretty darn easy. And very rarely do we run into problems. The big scary things that people love to talk about on the interwebs are going to be things like shoulder dystocia and nuchal cords and all these weird things. Those are really, really, really low on the totem pole. I mean, it's just, they're very rare. I hardly ever see them. Some of those I've never even seen in my entire career and I've delivered a lot of babies. So it's, it's just not things we're really going to run into. Um, being prepared during pregnancy in a grid down or not a grid down situation, is going to be very similar and that is good food. So being as healthy as you can and being as active as you can. Americans are lazy. And I am saying that to myself just as much as anyone else. This is not me casting stones. So um, we are very sedentary here in the States and women need to be up and doing things and moving around. If we don't use those muscles, they atrophy. And so being up and moving around and doing things and working on your property and chasing around little kids, all of that gets you prepared for having a baby. So staying really active, eating really well, you know, having good quality protein in whatever form you, you like to do that. Everybody likes to consume different things. That's fine. But 60 to 80 grams a day of protein would be wonderful to keep mom. She, you know, she's building a whole nother human. And then lots and lots of good, clean water. So thinking about those kinds of things is, is really important as well. Okay. Fascinating. Fascinating. Um, so I always like to ask this cause I've had multiple conversations with other folks, uh, in, in your field. And I always like to kind of get people's take on, okay. So like, let's, let's say your family, let's say maybe the husband or the wife, one of them is, uh, or I should say the mother or the father is kind of maybe more red pilled than the other one about the industry. Maybe one of them is kind of hesitant about the idea of like a home birth and like hasn't broken through that uh programming where it's like oh, well of course you'd be a fool not to have a birth in the hospital like the hospital is like the only place where it's even safe to have a child right let's mm -hmm. say somebody's still under that spell or that conditioning like what would be your pep talk or what would be some words of wisdom that you would pass on to that family okay so one is is being respectful of your partner who's having a hard time digesting all of this information right? The old adage of Rome wasn't built in a day. We can't expect people to be where you are. That's unfair. So understanding and being very respectful. Hey, you know, I think it would be best if we did A, but you're feeling more like B. Let's talk this. Let's talk this out and let's talk this through. And then just interviewing good providers. Uh, usually you go, you go meet with a midwife and then you go meet with a, a physician or one way or the other doesn't really matter. And very, very rarely do you ever have someone go, yeah, doctor sounds great, right? Mm -hmm. A midwife is going to be at your birth. You have no idea who's going to show up at the hospital, right? He says he's going to be at your birth, but if he's golfing or pot roast has been made that day, or he's got vacation, he's not going to be there. I'm going to be there. So that's that's a big thing. The other thing is they usually start to kind of worry about things like safety and pain management. And and my biggest goal is to stop is to kind of stop the cycle of the fear mongering that happens with hospital birth. And that is 
everybody likes to say that that birth is just the worst pain you've ever felt. Yeah, it sucks. I'm not going to lie to you. It, it does suck. But the environment in which you are performing the suckage really changes the event, right? If I, if I woke up in the morning and someone told me I needed to go run a marathon, I'm not prepared to do that. I haven't been training for that, right? I'm not prepared for that. So yeah, it's going to really, really hurt. But if I prepare and I have a support system, right? Like I have people, every one of those mile markers going, Jessica, we love you. You're amazing. You can do this. Here's some Gatorade. Move on. Hopefully it's coconut water. Okay, you get my point here. Like it, that's much easier to do. And we don't have that kind of support system in a hospital system. We just don't. And sure, you can hire a doula and that sounds amazing, but they don't have the ability to change the system, right? You, you, you can't go into their house and ask them to do something different for, for you. It's their rules. It's their turf. But in a home birth, it's your house. It's your rules. And then also just addressing the safety issue, talking out what you're afraid of. What are the things you're afraid of? What do those things really mean? And what's the risk factor for those? Right. Again, the fear mongering that happens in the medical system is your baby could die if you do this. It's always death. This is always the thing. And we just need to be understanding that, yes, death is possible every day of everyone living. Right. I can walk outside and get hit by a car. I can be paying attention to my phone and not pay, and not driving properly. I, you know, lots of things can happen. And so being prepared and negating those and minimizing them is really the best thing to do to be prepared. Okay. That makes sense. And it's like, again, you're taking this advice from like the literal death cult. They love death. You know what I mean? Like they, it's like, they do. Death, yeah. like abortion and just yeah. depopulation. And uh, mm -hmm. now this whole new phase of uh, like assisted suicide and everything. It's like, All they're right. just like, oh yes. They're just salivating mm -hmm. at the opportunity to cause more mm -hmm. death, you know? crazy. So, right. I mean, that's a broad generalization. I know there's some great doctors and nurses and everything out there, but man, like, whoa, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, there can, there can be some good doctors and good nurses. Sure. Um, but they're still Project in nurse. that system and yeah, so totally. their hands are tied, right? So yeah. unless they've broken away from that system and they're, True. they're doing the parallel right world, yeah. then they're just, they're still in there. There's only so much they can do. Yeah, definitely. So, um, what have you seen in terms of, I know you were mentioned earlier well, before the show, we were chatting a little bit about the, uh, increase in like miscarriages. Like I know you've been on the front lines. Have you seen a dramatic increase in fertility pregnancy issues that you could maybe that like to, for me? Okay. So here, let me, let me show you this. Did you hear about this case? I wrote this article. I don't know. When the hell did I write this article? This was, uh, 2022. So a little over, a little over a year ago. But uh, I got picked up by Infowars, actually. Let me show you here. So this oh, is a uh, uh, mother's neonatal mother's vaccination status excluded from neonatal death investigation, right? So this was in Scotland. There was a 133 percent oh, wow. increase in neonatal death. They launched an investigation, but they said that we're not going to look into whether we're not going to look into the mother's vaccination status. They said that how convenient. Yeah, yeah. They said that the one thing we're not going to do is actually as check whether or not the mom had been vaccinated. They said that, and the reasoning this is like directly from their Scotland public health statement. It says it was not possible to identify a scenario that would have resulted in a change to public health. There's nothing that we would have found that would have led to any change in policy. So therefore, we weren't oh, going to do it. Oh my god. Furthermore, the outcomes of such analysis, whilst being uninformative for public health decision making, had the potential to be used to harm vaccine confidence at this critical time. So they chose not to investigate mm -hmm. whether mm -hmm. or not the shot was killing babies because they thought it would prevent people from wanting to get the shot. It's like, well, I what? mean, that's how that's how informed consent works. You understand what oh, the risks and benefits are, man. and then you decide to choose what you want to do. Weird. But it's um, yeah. like, it's like we're seeing the spikes in neonatal death. We're seeing right. a lot of this. Like we have the evidence to show it. Like, have you, but I was curious, have you seen that uh, on the front lines, like in your own personal experience? So in, in 2021, there was a 500% increase in miscarriages. Okay. I, we do not have data for 22 and 23. I suspect we just probably won't ever have that data. Sure. That that would probably be my suspicion on that. 
um, and the infertility issues that I am seeing are okay. astronomically high. Okay. Now they have been gradually going up the last 20 years. Um, and we know why, right? So yep. we're getting sprayed, the water's bad, the soil's depleted, factory farming, like we, we know all that. Everybody here yep. understands that. So mm -hmm. that's already been a problem, not to mention people are not having children yeah. in general, like they're planning to not have children. So you'd yeah. put all that together and, but we're, we're seeing a dramatic increase in, in miscarriages. I mean, I, one day of prenatals, I had six miscarriages. Jesus. Oh. That's on, I've never, I mean, I've been a midwife for a long time and I've, I've just, I've never seen this before. Like, yeah, I, I might have six in a whole year. Yeah. But I had that in one day of prenatals, of a full day of prenatals. So that's horrible. Now, and are you aware, having... do you know if those mothers were vaccinated? Like, was that something that so, came up or? Great question. So I choose to not. It's tough Typi to ask Typically that people that choose to work with me are not in that okay. sphere. Now you may exactly. have somebody that maybe got one, woke up and went, whoa, I'm not the holy sure. heck. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and got bopped in the head with the, with the smart wand that happens. Right. Um, yeah. but none of those people were vaccinated. So okay. we know this thing, we know this, we know vaccines shed. We've had yeah. data on that for, for decades at this point, that is not new news. Um, and that is proven even in the medical community, right? That vaccine yeah. shed. So, uh, I, my suspicion is that's what's happening. And then we also have data that has been leaked either intentionally or unintentionally, you know, that they're already putting vaccine in foods. California has been practicing with that, with, uh, I think it's lettuce, right? Yeah. And lettuce and then live livestock. They're starting to roll livestock, out. Like, right. Yep. 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 Yeah. And so, you know, their, their goal is depopulation. Their goal is to, it, is to shrink us down so we're more controllable, right? That that is the goal. Yeah, absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. So, uh, well, that's really sad to hear that. Like, even people that weren't vaccinated are being affected by this. You know, people that are. Um, yeah, absolutely. Gosh. So, um, I love the idea that you. Again, we were talking quite a bit before, and I got so many good uh, pieces to to go off of from that. And like you, you talked about how you've helped you've helped so many people with fertility issues like you had a whole wall right. of wall of honor for people that you've helped with their fertility <laughs> issues like what what issues are you seeing like is it is it both sperm and and on the female yeah. side or or what issues are you seeing and what are some of these preventative measures or what are some tips right. you have for folks so typically i have focused on on women yeah. um but now i'm having to trickle into helping dads as well um, so I'm glad you talked about TRS and I'm also really happy you that you're talking about different medication, the, the different pharmaceutical alternatives, right. To spike protein issues. Uh, that yeah. was really cool that you got, that you're doing that. Um, cool. I happen to be a huge fan of TRS. I love Yay. it. It's amazing. Awesome. There you go, guys. Yeah. TruthTRS.com. TruthTRS.com. Yeah. For, it, it's amazing stuff. Yeah. Um, and I've seen really great things even with, with little kiddos that are on the spectrum. Right. Totally. And That's kind of how it got on my radar was like helping yeah, yeah, yeah. kids with like vaccine injuries, right? Yeah. Vaccine yeah. injuries. Absolutely. Which we know that's what that is. Right. Yeah. And so I love that stuff, but trying to get down to, you know, it, it may be everything from changing a diet, uh, losing some weight, um, reducing stress, increasing good, getting rid of the nicotine, the alcohol, you know, all yeah. that kind of stuff for daddy. Um, because a lot of times we don't, we don't understand that dad's sperm actually creates the placenta. Oh, wow. So I didn't know that. that's the whole entity that's going to feed baby, but it's also the entity that attaches baby to the uterine wall. So if daddy's genetics are off, we might have a really good viable baby, but if that placenta can't stick to the wall, we'll lose a little one. Oh. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. So your health as a man really is important 
Um, and it's important that we, we look at that aspect as well. A lot of times we poke at mom because we're like, well, she's got the uterus and the floping tubes. It must be her problem. And that's not always necessarily true. It can be. Um, and there's a lot of things that we can do to, you know, increase her optimal, to create an optimal environment for her. Um, but also just teaching families how to do uh, fertility awareness method. It used to be called natural family planning, and it's kind of bumped. It's 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 kind of like 2.0 on the natural family planning, which is for uh, it looks at temperature, cervical placement, and then discharge. And so if we can kind of create a good environment for all three of those things, it exponentially increases your ability to conceive and then have a good little sticky baby to stick inside that uterus. There you go. There you go. And you know something else too, and not to get too off the off topic, but you know, I think it's an important thing to address too. And I think that there's some correlation that could be made between fertility rates plummeting and the proliferation and availability of pornography. I think that there's a direct correlation with oh, men. Yes. Like like when men are just constantly participating in that activity, you know, it takes a lot of nutrients and energy to create yep. sperm. And if you're just like just being like so haphazardly about it all the time. Like I think yeah. that has a huge, not only I, I'd say like it contributes to like this big, like erectile dysfunction thing and freaking fertility, like all of it's tied into that. I think it's very deliberate the way that that is being so over the last like 10 years, 20 years in particular, the, the prevalence of it is like literally mm -hmm. an attack on humanity. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we do have to talk about things like the erectile dysfunction issue, because yeah. that also not only does that involve the, the issue with pornography, but it, it also encompasses circumcision, mm. and, and the amount of damage that we're doing to baby boys that will affect them for the rest of their life. Um, the United States and other first world countries that focus on that, that have a high C-section rate, they have the highest erectile dysfunction rate. So Viagra and Cialis and those kinds of things, they were created here because it was a problem here. We, we don't see those issues in other countries as much. Now, there can be psychological issues that are components to that. So that will go with the pornography pathway that we were just talking about. But but keeping baby boys intact is, is a really good way to, to avoid ever having an issue with that in later on in life. Okay. See, I didn't know that. Never heard about the correlation between uh, circumcision oh, yeah. and Yeah, That's very interesting. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Wow. So anyway, that's, I mean, yeah, just uh, so, but you've had success though. So you've had successes. That's really, really cool. Oh, now, yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, I mean, you so you also mentioned that part of your process is getting men more involved in the birthing process, like getting like you kind of like, yes. like generally the midwife, the midwifery process involves, uh, right. you know, primarily work with the female, but, but your approach also involves the, the father the whole family. That. Yeah. Yeah. Can you yeah. Tell us more about that? Whole, yeah, absolutely. So it's not my baby. I don't get to take the baby home. So for me, my job is to be the gatekeeper for that birth environment. So, you know, my job is to make sure that whoever enters that birth room is supposed to be there and they're going to be contributing in a positive light. And so if that means that I need to kick a mother-in-law out, I'm just the person to do that. I may be little, but I am feisty. Uh -huh. And so I, I, I will make sure that that environment is a healthy one. And then I also love to just help daddies catch their own babies if that's mm. what they want to do or have mommies do that. I don't need to catch that baby. It's not my baby. And so I would prefer that moms and dads catch their own babies because I want that baby's first touch ever from another human to be their mom or their dad. Um, it doesn't have to be me. Now, there are some families that that's just not their cup of tea, and that's okay. I'm I'm there. I can help them out with that. But most of the time, they may not. If they're the type of person that are like, oh, maybe a little little squeamish during the the pregnancy, they quickly change their minds during the birthing process. And at least, even if I get a baby head out, they want to reach down and kind of grab their baby and put their baby to their chest, which is which is lovely. That's their baby. And my job is to protect that environment and make sure that they're safe and that everything is going the way it should be and, and that they're having an experience that is positive for the rest of their life. Man, that sounds so amazing. 
Wow. <laughs> wow. 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 Well, okay. So now I'm kind of curious. So, um, you said that you've, you've done a lot of this work overseas in some pretty hostile environments. Like, like, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Like, what are some of your travels and adventures that you've been in? Very exciting. Um, so I worked in, I worked in an Afghan refugee camp. I worked in the women's tent and I took care of, um, ladies that were of childbearing years. So basically I took care of all of the women, um, post Afghanistan falling. Wow. Um, now what year, what, like what year was this? What would you say? So Afghanistan fell in August of 21, September of okay. 21. Right. And so oh. I spent, I spent six months in, in an Afghan refugee camp. Like 2021, like just, just a couple of years yeah. ago. Oh, okay. 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 So yeah. Afghanistan fell. Right. When, when Biden decided to leave okay. everything so, and, and okay. abandon Americans, working yeah. dogs, all of our equipment, so, billions so, of dollars. of Yeah, yes. totally. So you were, you stayed back and like helped in, in the efforts after that. Is that what you're saying? So I received them here in the States. Oh, got you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, we didn't want to send any more Americans there. Yeah. Obviously people were yeah. being beheaded. And as a woman, I would have, you know, yeah. and a Christian one at that. I, yeah. I, 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 you know, what would have happened to me? Sure. So, probably. Yeah. Right. And so I was receiving them here in the States, okay. but I was working in, in, a, in an actual FEMA refugee camp. I had no running okay. water. Gotcha. No heating, no cooling. What's up, nothing. FEMA? You can't give them some running water? Come on, FEMA. What the heck? Yeah. So I'm, I was washing my hands. You know, my, my nurses were, were pouring bottles of water on my hands so I could wash okay, my okay, hands okay. to go into the next tent and or the next okay cubby if you will and take care of the next mom mm -hmm. okay what do you think about fema you, are you suspicious of fema as, as the rest of us I hate troopers, or? It, okay it, okay it okay soup agency okay <laughs> if it has an acronym it's okay. probably garbage yeah exactly well i mean oh my gosh NGO, I mean, federal totally. state, i don't care what it is if it has something to do with that it's going it's going to suck so you're probably going, well, then why were you there? Well, that's no, a great no, question. It. That's I fair. Um, I, I mean, I had I had soldiers that were calling me going, we, we need your help. We don't know what to do with any of these women. Can can you come help us? I said, tell me where I'm going. I'm already, I'll pack right now. So okay. um, I get calls like that every once in a while. You know, I might have guys that are deployed and they're on, they're at some location that is undisclosed. And I will definitely, definitely get phone calls in the middle of the night going, Hey, Jess, can you help us? Yeah. So, okay. that, I mean, that okay. does happen. That's so fascinating. That's so fascinating. Okay. So, uh, you also mentioned, um, the C-section rate. Like, I think we've talked about this, uh, mm. recently on the Unjected show, we had, uh, Dr. Fishbein on. I don't know if you have mm. you're familiar with him, but, uh, his work. Yes, very yeah. much so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So he was on and we were talking about it and he was telling us a lot about this stuff, but I want, I want, I want you to kind of tell us your take on this, you know, cause the C-section thing is so interesting. You know, when I first started learning about this, it was put to me in terms of like, you know, again, what we saw with like the hospital situation with COVID where it's like, you know, the hospitals are kind of like a hotel. Like they want to have the rooms booked up. Like they're like having sure. a hotel, like at maximum capacity, it's good for business. And then turnaround Absolutely. time, you want to kind of burn and turn your, your customers that are coming through the door, right? You don't want them staying yeah, yeah. for extended periods of time. Or like, let's say a doctor's like, it's the end of their shift or they got a vacation coming up or something like that. You know, they're going to, they're going to advocate for C-section, even if it's not in the interest of the patient or, or the mother, right? It's not, it, these things, there's other contributing factors other than what should be the primary uh, focus, which is the mother's health, but there's other factors that contribute to these right. decision makings, right? These decisions right. being made. So tell us a little bit about um, like what you do and how that helps prevent, or what, what's your take on the whole C-section thing? And that, that was my spiel on it. What, what's your take on it? <laughs> <laughs> so let's just give a little background there. So yeah. in the 1970s, early 1970s, the C-section rate was less than 5%. The okay. World Health Organization, I know they're they're I know they're jerks, but just hear me out. Okay. The World yeah. Health Organization has been calculating and, and collecting data of every country in the world um, for decades. So you can go to their website, you can look at maternal and fetal outcomes. So um, morbidity and mortality. So morbidity means injury and mortality means death. Okay, so you can look at the numbers for every country on the planet, and you can see how they have been how they have been ranking. Um, we, as the United States, 
today ranks 60th. That means there's 59 other countries that have better infant and mother mortality rates than us. But we are one of the top 10 industrialized nations. So you figure that one out. In the early 1970s, we had a C-section rate, like I said, of less than 5%. But what was introduced in the 70s? The external fetal monitor. And so while there has been tons and tons of research and data about the external monitors, that's the blue strap and the pink strap with the thingies that go on the belly that listen to baby's heartbeat and monitor the contractions. There is no medical research or data that proves that that reduces death of of mom or baby. None. Zilch. Nada. Hmm. But we use it all the time as an indicator on whether or not we should do a C-section or intervene in any way. Interesting. Right. So today you flash forward and you mentioned earlier watching the business of being born. That's a pretty old documentary and we really need some new ones, but the data is interesting to watch. And so when that documentary was made, we had a 34% C-section rate. Um, It is way higher than that now. And you can even go to big cities like New York, Los Angeles. They have almost a 50% C-section rate. So the reason for that is what do you want to sell more of? 50, 60, $70,000 C-sections that you can do in 15 minutes. That's from open to close. That means you can cut somebody open and sew them back up in 15 minutes. Or do you want to spend 12, 24 plus hours with a woman who's going to have a vaginal birth? What do you want to sell more of? And if you played the game of life like I did as a kid, you know what the answer is, right? So you've got to make the money somehow to pay for all the things. And again, is every doctor on the planet evil? No. But they do work for an evil system. So then you ask the question a different way, right? Like if you're working for an evil system, then what are you doing? You're just contributing to evil. Mm -hmm. So that's where we have this kind of dichotomy going on, on, on what's best for people. So your question was, how do I help people with that? I had to get some background there. Yeah, totally. And, and that was really that I help educate women and their partners um, you know, whether that's a husband, whether that's a, a mom that's going to step in, wh- whatever that might be, um, to understand what the risks and benefits are. Having an out-of-hospital birth significantly decreases your risk for being on a time limit. So when you remove that time limit, you significantly decrease the need for C-sections. Again, I'm not going to villainize the entire medical industry. I started this off saying, hey, if I had, if I was in a car accident and I had my arm hanging on by a tendon and some ligaments, I would want a plastic surgeon and a trauma surgeon to put all of me back together because the United States is badass when it comes to trauma. But that isn't necessarily what needs to be happening in a birth. However, are there exceptions to that rule? Because I know someone in here is going, well, yeah, but that's cool. But what about? So things like moms getting in car accidents and having a placental abruption where the placenta Mm -hmm. detaches from the uterine wall. Yeah, I want an OBGYN to cut her open, save a baby, sew up a mommy, and everybody gets to live or at least has the opportunity to live. Mm -hmm. Right? But inducing someone, that's stupid simply because we need to have a baby by 39 or 38 or 40 weeks or whatever, most women will go to 42 weeks if we leave them alone. And we need to leave them alone. We need babies to cook inside moms for as long as they need to. We need baby to move down through mom's body as much as baby needs to before labor begins, because then her labor will be shorter. When we start trying to push things, that doesn't work. Look, we're capable of breathing by ourselves. We're capable of our heart beating by ourselves. We're, we, we, can ha- we can pee. We can have a bowel movement. We, our pancreas knows how to do things. Like I don't need people to intervene with a natural bodily function. So why are we doing that with birth all of the time? Now, if I'm having a heart attack, yes, then I really, really want to be at a, a hospital, a mm. cardiac hospital, right, to have those things. But I don't need help with my heart beating every day. 
So mm-hmm. stop taking the exception to the rule and putting it to be the rule on every mom. It's just silly. It yeah, doesn't that, work. Yep, exactly. I mean, it just fits right into our just culture and society of just convenience and just, uh, you know, right. safety where it's like safety is the blanket idea at the expense oh, golly, of everything yes, else. Really. You know what I mean? I mean, you right. know what I mean. Like, it's just like the mother's safety and convenience. Like that's what it all comes down to, but we're, we're losing out on so much more. And I think I love the way you put it just there. Like, just think of birth as just a natural bodily function. This is something that our bodies inherently know how to do. Right. Correct. And then the, 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 and the, and the child's body knows how to do it too. It's like, this is the a perfect process that has been, perf- believe it or not, perfected over time by, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I believe, I believe all of us were perfectly and wonderfully made 100%. And, and, and we were knit together in our mother's womb. And so I, I believe that God created a process that doesn't need to be hampered with and tampered with. But I also believe when true emergencies do arise, then we're super happy that it's 2024 and that we have some amazing options and that I'm not in a covered wagon, right? On my way to through the Oregon Trail experiencing dysentery, right? Like yeah. that's amazing. And so it's, it's important for us to realize that there needs to be a balance and that right now we're not balanced. The medical community has all the power and all the control, or at least you think that they do, but you really have other options and you have options to have your baby in a really amazing environment and have a really beautiful birth. What a great way to start a life, right? Life is hard. It's more hard than it's ever going to be beautiful and peaceful. And so why not bring babies into a world where it's actually a great way to start a life? Yep. Exactly. It's like your first, you want your first introduction into this world to be traumatic and scary or just yeah, no. smooth. And, you know, I mean, there, there, we know that there are some out there who, you know, the trauma based mind control starts. Like I read this book about right. that, where they like the, 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 the predators at the top, right. They, they like actually are mm-hmm. very aware of like, you know, the trauma based mind control stuff and it starts in the womb. Like they intentionally start, you know, traumatizing yeah. the child to indoctrinate it and they grow it up. And they breed psychopaths like very intentionally, you know what I mean? Oh so yeah, for sure. Their strategy. And so, yeah, we want to have like non-traumatized babies from the moment they're born. Yeah, from the moment they're born. And we want to raise them in a non-traumatic way too, mm-hmm. right? I'm a huge proponent for attachment parenting and sometimes it's referred to as gentle parenting. And the right loves to call that permissive parenting. That is not the same thing. If someone is doing permissive parenting, which is where the child has full control, makes all the decisions, is using markers on the wall and you know destroying the house, that's permissive parenting. Mm. That's not gentle and attachment parenting. Attachment parenting is keeping the mom and the baby as one unit. That's things like co-sleeping and breastfeeding and, and keeping moms and babies together and not sending mom back to work, right? That's ridiculous. Yeah. You just had a baby. You need to stay at home and, and be with your child and create that family. Your husband is supposed to provide and protect you. If your husband can't do that or there isn't one, then the church and the family should be taking care of that mom and making sure that she can stay home and raise that child in a safe environment. And teaching our kids how to be in the world and in a respectful, honorable way, they're only going to know how to do that if we respect and honor them. That doesn't mean we can't provide discipline, but discipline doesn't need to involve corporal punishment, right? If, If Christ was always beating us down, would we want to be with him? Mm. No, we wouldn't, right? And Christians love to talk about, but you spare the rod, you spare the child. Okay, all right. Well, here's my take on that. One, you should probably learn your Bible a little bit more. Two, you should probably understand what translations mean. And three, the rod was to beat up the lions and bears. It wasn't to beat the sheep. It was to protect them. So Christ is here to create this environment to teach us what a family looks like. And our goal is to emulate that to the world. And we can only do that first in our own home. So we can sit here on the couch and we can complain about what's happening in the world all day long. But we're in control about what's happening out there. But we have to fix what's in our house first. And that starts with being respectful to women. That starts with honoring men and their job to provide and protect. That starts by 
with us honoring children and that we are responsible for them and what they do in society and teaching them how to be an amazing part of society is by honoring them and teaching them, not, not beating them down and hovering over them. That, that's not a learning environment. You just have somebody submitting because of fear. It's not mm. the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, that's the best way to fight this new world order and all the crazy psychopaths out there is by having like, you absolutely. know, healthy, healthy kids that are like, you know, not traumatized and uh, that are just right, thriving right. in all areas, you know, like just, just that's, we, we have to be part of the repopulation agenda. That's what they're all about. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so, For sure. Well, this is pretty awesome. Um, gosh. Oh, okay. I have one person. Let's see. We've got uh, somebody in the chat. Sheepdogs really wants to know if you know anything about Lotus birth. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You want to tell us I a little do. Bit about do you that? want me to I explain have, that? Yeah. I have no idea what it is. So yeah. <laughs> so a lotus birth is also really kind of in that category of, of gentle birth. Mm -hmm. And and it's about letting the placenta stay and the cord stay attached to baby until it falls off naturally. Oh, now, wow. I personally, as a midwife, never clamp and cut the cord until after an hour, sometimes two or, or more hours after the baby is born because I want all the blood that's in the placenta to go to the baby. Yeah. So when a baby is born, um, depending on what book you read, a third, a fourth of the blood volume of the baby is inside the placenta at any given time. So think of that like your liver. Your, yeah. a, a third of your blood volume right now is inside of your liver because it's getting mm. cleaned. So that's what's happening with the placenta. Um, and I don't want to... Feel circulology. I mean, that'll kind of be boring to your your people right now. So, um, but it, the process is letting all of that blood go back. Mm. Now, there are some individuals that really like to have more of a ceremony when a baby is born. It's absolutely beautiful. It really is really cool. Um, and this is where we kind of wrap up the placenta in a lot of different herbs and keep the placenta wrapped up and attached to baby until it falls off naturally. And that usually happens about day two to day three, um, just like the umbilical cord that if it was cut would come off on its own. That usually happens in a couple of days. And so, um, yeah, so that that's one way you can do it. Or a different version of the lotus birth is to wait till the next day and you would actually burn the cord and you have this big ceremony. It's very beautiful. Okay. It's really cool. See, I had no idea about that. I would actually heard about the the placenta. You know, that's another uh, just horrible thing about hospital births. Like immediately, there's like, bam, cut the cord. It's like, I know. but there's all those new like the, the baby needs know, all that. They, like, what I are know, you doing? They need all their blood. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. God. For sure. So yeah, it's just it's one awful. horror after another. So good to know. <laughs> I, I didn't know about that. That's that's really good to know. Now um, you do. <laughs> now we do. Now we do. Well, you do all kinds of in-person classes. So folks out there, like, yeah. like, is this something that people can reach out to you to set up like in their community or for their, Absolutely. yeah. So for tell us sure. more about how people can get in touch with you, how they can um, have you come <gasps> teach a course or uh, do you do online courses? Do you have online courses too? Like um, this year I'm stuff. planning to, yeah, this year I'm planning to do some online courses I, I don't have cool. those set up yet. So right now what I'm doing is everything in person. I have yet to say no to anybody's proposal on a course. Awesome. So that's a good, that's a good thing for all of you out there. So if you have a group of people or, you know, a family group or whatever, and you want to have a course, I can definitely come out and teach that for you. And I bring all the fun stuff and we have a great old time. Um, if it's big organizations, again, you can go ahead and, and reach out to me to do that. Um, and then I'm, I'm definitely going to be launching a podcast. This March is kind of my goal to be doing that. So we can start to deep dive a lot of these topics in, in a kind of a, a, a longer platform than just what I'm allowed to sort of do on the social media page. Yeah. <laughs> I get banned a lot as you I can bet. imagine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I bet. Um, I just spent a couple, a uh, big chunk of time in, in Instagram jail. And so when wow. I come back, it's always kind of a hubaloo. Oh, she's back again. <laughs> so I need to find a way where I'm not going to lose touch with all my people. Um, and so, yeah, so you can, you can always send me a message or you can email me um, smoke signal, carrier, pigeon, bat sign, whatever you want to do. Awesome. Well, uh, folks, I've got all the uh, links in the episode description, including her email. Uh, of course, you go to combatmidwife.com. You learn more. Uh, these are all her recent events. Look at that. Very cool. Um, 
and just all kinds of stuff. And like earlier, we were looking at the uh, the gear. We were looking at the uh, the the what what was that? The the just the midwife uh, emergency pack. Yeah, it's the official combat midwife birth kit. Yeah, official combat midwife birth kit. There you go. You can get that mm -hmm. at combatmidwife.com. In case there's a, of course, there's a, a contact form there and all the stuff. So links are in the episode description. Oh, and then our Instagram, of course. Please go give her a follow. Um, mm -hmm. at combat midwife on Instagram. Um, yeah, all that's... kinds of cool stuff. Look at that. That's pretty. Yeah. Cool. Like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thanks. Yeah, all good stuff. So, um. Wonderful. Well, geez. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Like, this is really, really amazing stuff. Very worthwhile. I hope that I like, I learned a bunch. I hope people got something out of it. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do appreciate it. So yeah. Well, Scott, thank you so much for having yeah. me. I, I hope you enjoy yourself and I hope everybody else did too. Definitely. And, and then, Hey, when you're ready, if you need help or any, need any tips or tricks about the launching your podcast, let me know. Like, like there's a lot of oh. like weird back end stuff, like reach out to me. I'd be happy to Please. help you. So, I'm yeah, the yeah. least tech smart person. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, well, we'll get you, we'll get you up and running. So when you're ready okay, to do all perfect. that, let me know. So there you Absolutely. go. Absolutely. Thank cool. you so much. What a awesome. blessing. Awesome. And all right, guys, well, I'll see you guys on Sunday. I got another bonus episode coming at you on Sunday. I don't know what time it is sometime in the afternoon, but uh, I'll let you guys know all about that. That's why you got to be on the Substack, rebunk.substack.com. So you can uh, <laughs> get notifications when all the shows come out. So, all right, y'all, I will see you next time. And uh, yeah, have a good evening. Peace. Bye.